Is This a Ghost is brought to you by Pickney Bend Distillery. Scared me. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> do you, if you, do you, hey. Yeah, I'm here. Do you like whiskey? I do. I'm drinking it right now. What kind? The Apple Ambush. I'm back in the bush. You're back. Uh, <laughs> P-I-N-C-K-N-E-Y-B-E-N-D dot com. That, that's it. Get back in the bush. No, no, you can't say like they're you gonna get so mad. You get, no, they're not. Tara's not gonna get mad at that one. Tara, <laughs> Tara has a, a, a notepad and she is furiously scribbling the new motto of Apple Ambush. Petra sometimes listens and tells me privately to do better. Mm. <laughs> so now she's only a part-time worker, so we don't really care very much. Um, but okay, so okay, let's 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 work on. It. Okay, so Apple okay. Ambush, mm-hmm. uh, back in the bush. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, apple, apple of your mouth. Anything? It's like apple of the eye, you know, but mm. your mouth. Um, apple ambush. Um, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough to put in print, but I, I do like it. Still find a way. Um, apple ambush. It's good. It's whiskey and it's apple and uh, it's surprising. Yeah. And oh, it, I think it'll that, get you. That was the idea. Yeah. <laughs> Did they actually sell this or did they just give us these two bottles? No, it's for sale. It's a real it thing. Okay, really right. Sell. I just want to make yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 And you can also have some too, maybe, mm. <laughs> if uh, if they distribute to your area. Go check it out. P-I-N-C-K-N-E-Y-B-E-N-D.com. Pickney Bend Distillery. Uh, Apple Ambush. Mm. Get bushed. That was the worst ad we've ever done. Yep, yep. And yep. I'm okay with it. Yep. But, <laughs> but it's bad. I was tempted to end it with the sound of the dryer going off, but I thought maybe not. Maybe not this week. Everybody, welcome to Is This a Ghost? I'm Clayton Smith, and every week I tell my surprised friend Patrick a real ghost story from real history, and he doesn't take it real seriously. Why are your eyes doing that? Why are they looking so surprised? Every every week you ask me just to call into the Zoom call for a few minutes, and you fucking ambush me. Yeah. Just like our good friends at Pinkney Bend. <laughs> uh, I just thought after more than a year you'd have picked up on the pattern, no, but no, um, not very smart. I mean, I just I, I'm just happy someone wants to talk. Really, that's, yeah, it's great. Be honest, yeah, we don't talk much, um, and we mm-hmm. never we don't we see each other so rarely. Yeah, what have your last few days been like? Um, pretty quiet. I didn't mm-hmm. really see anybody that I liked. <laughs> so. Well, that is hurtful. <laughs> uh, Clayton, I just came off of a three day bender in Milwaukee and uh, and parts of Chicago, so. <laughs> So got yeah. to see some some good baseball. Got to see some very bad baseball. Um, yeah, mostly bad baseball. Yeah, some good baseball. Yeah, got to drink a lot of really really good beer though. Um, not That's much true. bad beer. Yeah, Pretty yeah, just good beer. The bad beer was at the ballparks. Yeah, but and that I was mean, mostly me. I don't, yeah. You you did a good job of not drinking that mostly. Yeah, well, it was only fourteen dollars for bad beer, so I felt like it was a pretty it was a steal. <laughs> yeah, it's a good deal. Yeah, Milwaukee was great. Got some good beers mm-hmm. uh, in that place. And then in Chicago, we went to Reggie's Rock Club. Great place. Oh, good man. brunch. Definitely. Top five place in Chicago. Coolest, nicest people. Um, one of the best One of the best places to go for big shows, for um, 
for small shows, for shows where the security guard gets knocked up by a boot thrown from the stage. Just... Yeah, I'd never heard that story before. That was uh, that was new. That was a yeah. new one for me. <laughs> That's good. Um, and the first time I ever went to Reggie's was with you many years ago, mm-hmm. and we saw the band. Well, the band we were there to see was the um, the Ramones cover band. Mm-hmm. Yep. But the opener band was the Ruiners, mm-hmm. who I, <laughs> I have I have not a whole lot of memories of, but I do remember their lead singer wearing leather pants and no other clothes. Mm-hmm. And uh, periodically throughout the show, he would he would pull out a, a bottle of lighter fluid from his back pocket mm-hmm. and squirt it all over the front of his pants and set himself on fire mm-hmm. and let himself burn for a while until it got too hot. And then he would go, ah, 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 and like splat, pat it out with his hand. And it was it, that was it every time. Every time. It's like mm-hmm. he didn't. He was surprised that it would get too hot. Yeah. And he had to try to put out the fire. I, I, I feel like the Ruiners are a band that really came about 10 years too early. Can you imagine them in the TikTok era? They would have <laughs> oh been. Oh, my God. Everybody. Be so huge. I'd be lighting myself on fire for views <laughs> yeah. right now. I mean, that would yeah. be, they'd be huge. You could. Right we could now. put this show on TikTok and you could do that. Mm. Mm. I'll think about it. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a good time. Yeah. I, enjoyed, I enjoyed most of it. I did not enjoy as much of the train time as I thought I would. Um, well, you read a lot. That was nice. I did get to read nice a lot. to read. Yeah, I did not throw up even one time, or even really want to throw up at any at any point. Usually, I always that's, want to throw up on the trips, but this yeah. one I didn't even want to. So. Yeah, that's a good. That's we're maturing mm-hmm. is what that means for us. Did we're you feel the same, for, or did you want, actually want to throw up? On I did. I've never wanted to throw up. The only time I got close to maybe thinking about wanting to is when the train started going backward, mm. and I. But then I just uh, changed my seat. And that I was, was going forward. And that was great. That was like after I took the shot of Malort, and I looked up and I thought, "Oh no, everything's moving without me moving now. That's not good." <laughs> I did make you take your first shot at Malort. What did you uh, What do you think about Malort? Oh boy, I'm trying to think of how I described it. It was, oh gosh, I'm so mad that I didn't. I meant to take a video of you drinking it, and I didn't. And I I wish I would have. Mm. You made the exact right Malort face. <laughs> I'm just just asking a lot of internal questions. But what What is this? Why did I do this? Yeah. Why Why have I done any of this? Mm-hmm. Um, it did have kind of a, kind of an absinthe type taste to it, but, um, yeah, just, just all, all together negative, just negative marks across the board. Wouldn't, just, wouldn't do it again. It's no Pinkney yeah. Bend. No, it's definitely no Pinkney Bend. No. Although <laughs> Pinkney Bend decided to come out with a Malort, I, I would try it. I would oh, definitely I, try it. I mean, they'd give us a free bottle. After they give try us anything. free, obviously. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Tara, if you're listening, how, have you tried making anything with wormwood? Mm-hmm. I know it's usually reserved for witches, but mm-hmm. let me tell you, uh, Chicago uh, has really cornered the market of terrible, awful, not good liquors mm-hmm. with wormwood. And you could, there's a lot, of, you could steal that. Yeah. Tara. You can it is. Get in there. So. Ripe for stealing. Oh, it's bad. Um, What else? Gosh, what else? That was it. You're caught up. A little rusty. I've yeah. been on a trip. I'll, so um, I'll put the audio <clears throat> note at 17 minutes and 14 seconds. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I actually had Amy come down and record while I was at the softball meeting. So it's mm. at one hour and 20 minutes so far. It's mostly the dryer going. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> probably not worse than your commentary. <laughs> it's on the same level. <laughs> uh, I wonder, is there has to be a podcast of just like the dryer, right? That's called ASMR, yeah. Right, yeah, but they, they have a podcast, I bet, right? ASMR? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> they, that's the name of an artist, and uh, they do. They have one podcast, and mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's the dryer. It's, yeah. called, it's called The Dryer is Running. Yes. 
Uh, and then it's like like 75 minutes. The ASMR podcast is just like 75 minutes of like the gentle rumble of the clothes in the dryer. And then at the end, it like 75 minutes exactly, it's just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool, my podcast is over. Awesome. And there's a market for that. Those are people who like... They're, it's a slow build. And when they hear that buzzer... That's that's the good stuff. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, it is the progressive rock of ASMR <laughs> podcasts. Yes. That's really what I, I think we should aspire to being the being the uh, being the rush of ASMR podcasts. Okay. Well, when we are every episode now, when we finish up, I'll give you a little like visual signal, mm-hmm. and then you can make a buzzer sound, mm-hmm. and we'll see if that works for people. Maybe I can just have the dryer going the whole time we're doing the podcast. That sounds that- good. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's actually if you could just have someone like con- like continually flush the toilet. Mm-hmm. Like, as it sometimes happens now, but just the whole thing. Right. The yeah. whole toilet. Yeah, they only flush the top half sometimes, but I'll have them flush no, the, the whole, whole to- thing. I mean, for the whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, how many toilets do you have in your house? I have two, but one of them is a double flush. Like a like a, like a a pee flush and a poop flush. Oh, like uh, like choose your own adventure yeah. flush? Yep, yep, exactly. Okay. And uh, I like those because my kids always choose the wrong adventure for the, uh, for the time. So... <laughs> There's one way where that's okay, and there's the other way where it's not. That's the way that they. That's the way that they grow. Um, so, and, well, the pro- and the problem is the water. buttons. It's the buttons. You know, it is the buttons. It. It's they're, the buttons. They're, they're not clear. They're too fucking prude about. The, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got excited. How dare you speak that way about American plumbing? I'm sorry, but they are too gosh darn prude about the uh-huh. symbols on the buttons. Okay, yes. we are we are all in the toilet. We're all there. Mm-hmm. We're all looking at the buttons. We all, we all just, have the buttons for a reason. It's we, that we all use the toilet. We all just did for the some, same things. We all just did something so horrible that we have to put ourselves in a tiny steel box and close our eyes to do it four times okay. a day. <laughs> okay, it's... And so there's but there's there's no shame in there. There's no shame in that box. No, but they think no. there is. They you know they'll put like a like a one drop of water on the one button and then like two drops of water on the other button. And you try explaining to your four year old how shit <laughs> is two drops of water. And pee is only one drop of water. That makes no sense. I would it think doesn't. pee is multiple. Pee is yeah. more water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. In my head. Yeah, yeah. That makes they should sense. put a poop emoji on the big button, mm-hmm. and they should put. Um... You wanted to say eggplant, but that's no. not right. <laughs> <laughs> needs to be more. Needs to be more. Um, more universal than that. Maybe sure. maybe just a one water drop. Maybe just a one water drop would be okay on the little button. Or, but a poop emoji on the big button, I think, is the way it needs to go. Or just like even like a drip, 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 you know, on the one mm-hmm. would be fine, I think. Just like water yeah. Like dripping. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um, and then poop, uh, poop emoji is going to solve everything. You could put anything else on the other one, and yeah. I know which one is for poop. You could put a pineapple <laughs> I know which one is for the like, other thing yeah. that's not poop. Don't worry, what I just did, it wasn't a pineapple. It was the poop emoji. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, boy. All right. What are the problems um, you going to solve? I'm using the uh, the uh, the fancy new cable that you sent me. It's actually identical. Oh, it's a, identical to the cable that I bought as well. But we'll just see if the cable yeah, that they go bad sometimes. Let me ask you this: When you traveled with that cable, you mm-hmm. picked me Ben. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you wrap it up real tight? I put it in my wallet. Yeah. See, I think that's a problem. <laughs> I think you got to be real gentle. Uh, it kind of fit in there. It was fine. Sure, and that says a lot about mm-hmm. so about so many things. So we'll see. I know. Uh, yeah. So just for listeners, um, you may have noticed the last few weeks Patrick's audio has been bad, mm-hmm. <laughs> been kind of all over the place. Jokes have not gotten worse, mm-hmm. but the way that you hear them 
sometimes fluctuates. I appreciate you clarifying that because I think some people were just assuming that was uh, that was the case. Yeah. But no. Yeah. The jokes are not tied to the microphone as far as I know. The jokes have neither improved nor degraded <laughs> in the no. last few weeks. It's keeping easy, but the audio. So we we got a new we got a new chord for Pat, and hopefully it'll uh, it'll make his voice be the same the same loudness, mm-hmm. same volume. That's a word mm-hmm. for that. Same Correct. volume, yeah, the whole time. Awesome, and we'll see. Would you like to hear a ghost story? I would love to hear a ghost story. Is it a real one? <laughs> it yeah, of course it's a real one. They're all real ones. Yeah, the last one's kind of bullshit. They're, Okay. Which one was last? No, that's not true. How dare you? <laughs> you had to think, though. You had to think. I what did. Was the last think. One? Hang on, what was the last one? Was it kind of bullshit? No. Some of them. T- so, okay. So I'll give you some of them. We there have been some in the past. Last one was not one. David Blasco, absolutely not. Man's a legend. Yeah. Um, and probably a real ghost. So this week, I have a very good ghost story for you. Um, and it starts with a man named Adolf Staub. Mm-hmm. who went by the name of Abraham. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of a name you want to change pretty quick, to be honest with you. And well, <laughs> I mean, now. Yeah. What, year, what, uh, what, what, what year is, old, is Mr. Stab? When is he from? He's born in 1839. Ah, uh, okay. So he didn't. All right. So. Yeah. Yeah. But he had a premonition. He knew. He was like, yeah. I don't. Something about this name feels a little off. Would, I don't know what it is, but. What is the opposite of that name? I, <laughs> yeah. I think it's Abraham. <laughs> I'm gonna really lean into the exact <laughs> opposite. <laughs> uh, so he's born in 1839 in the Westphalia region of Germany. Mm-hmm. Do you know where Westphalia is? You're, Vest, a, you're a big Westphalia. German. Uh, Westphalia. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you know where Westphalia is? I do not. <laughs> <laughs> said it with uh, such confidence. Yeah, well, I was kind of hoping you wouldn't follow you. up. Kind of hoping you wouldn't follow up, to be honest. <laughs> uh, when he was, I think it's in the Northwest. Okay. Uh, region and when he was when uh, when Adolf uh, I'm sorry Abraham was just 17 years old, he left Germany and headed to New York City. Hmm. It's a bit of a jump. Yeah, a little bit. They don't speak German there. Not many people know. No, that's that's going to be important later, as mm-hmm. we'll find out. Now he quickly realized that New York City living was hard living, mm-hmm. but there was money to be made out in the wild American West. Mm, okay. So New York's so kind of a jumping off point here. Gets yeah. to New York. He's like, this is this is not great. Everyone throws their poop out the window here. I really don't think yeah. I want to live here anymore. Daniel Day Lewis is running around here. Mm-hmm. He's, he's <laughs> this oopsie daisy. Very scary guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh so he realized so he's gonna go out west to the Wild West and mm-hmm. he packs up his very few belongings and he heads out. And he goes out west and he ends up joining his brother. I don't I'm so tempted to ask you to guess his brother's name. There's mm, no, I mean, yeah. I would give you a million dollars if you can mm. guess it. <laughs> I'll even tell you what it starts with. It's a Z. Mm. I'm going to go with Z- So far, so good. <laughs> Zebaker. No. Mm. I'm close. Ah, well. Zadok. Zadok? Okay. Z-A-D-O-C. Okay. So he joins his brother, Zadok. Uh, and they work for for their cousins, the Spiegelbergs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Spiegelbergs work in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Wow! So, so he really so he left New York and was like, okay, what's what's the opposite corner of this fucking country? So yeah, he goes as this. far as he can. Yeah. 
Now, the Spiegelbergs were the first Ashkenazi Jewish settlers in Santa Fe. Hmm. Okay. So there's not a lot of Germans there and not a lot of Jews there. Mm-hmm. In fact, there are no other Germans there and no other <laughs> Jews there. <laughs> so the trendsetters moved out west. <laughs> That's right. So the brothers worked for the Spiegelbergs for a while. And then in 1859, they decide to strike out on their own. And they open up their own dry goods store right on the plaza. Have you ever been to Santa Fe? I don't. No, I have not. No. Okay. The plaza is still there. It's like the kind of downtown square. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's it's a plaza. Mm-hmm. You've seen, you you know what plazas are. Uh, yeah, it's a big open place. Things are there. Yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah, it's like a town square. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, Santa Fe now, if you go there, like all the buildings are still very like Adobe. Mm-hmm. Like they do a really good job of making everything look like it's very old. Mm-hmm. So they're really into heritage and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to keep the heritage of this time going. Mm-hmm. So this is when like Santa Fe is starting to kind of get big. So they opened up the dry, their own dry goods store in the plaza. Uh, so now they're merchants. Abraham, the way it would work is Abraham and his brother, they would buy all these dry goods in St. Louis. Oh, okay. You've probably heard of St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm familiar with the place. <laughs> and then they would drive them all the way out to Santa Fe along the Santa Fe Trail. Mm-hmm. They would get to Santa Fe, and then they would sell them at just an extraordinary markup, I assume. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so, bring all these- a, yeah. so it's a lot of like uh, Prevail. Um, I have, my next note is it's yeah. a lot of toasted ravioli, yeah. provolone cheese. Damn it! I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. No, this is perfect. We're you need so some of your jokes first. So I don't make them before you. Cause... No, you need your. Jo- I, I my jokes are here to be backup. If you don't, if you're, that's fair. If you don't, if, I don't, if I don't hit them first, yeah. So you get in there quick. <laughs> yeah, lots of provolone cheese, lots of toasted rav. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have here uh, suffocating humidity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good export. That's what everyone's favorite uh, um, uh, quality of dry goods is. Is oddly moist. So, <laughs> um, so people who don't who aren't from St. Louis uh, mm-hmm. might not know. So toasted ravioli is a St. Louis thing, which is kind of mm-hmm. self-explanatory. But uh, provel cheese. Do you want to explain provel cheese? It's kind of like mozzarella cheese, but not as good. <laughs> it's, really it's like the, a blend of three cheeses, right? It's mozzarella yeah. and provolone and what else? And, I could look it up, but that would kind of... I'd lose my St. Louis card if I did. So I'm going to guess, and I'm going to say... No one knows the answer, so it's okay. I'm going to say... Swiss. I don't know. Could be. Could yeah. be. Anyway, so it's, a, it's a mixture of those three cheeses, and mm-hmm. it's a white cheese, and it's very good, and no one else in the world sells mm-hmm. it. Outside mm-hmm. St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he makes a million dollars off of Provel cheese. <laughs> <laughs> So transporting these goods along the Santa Fe Trail, it was it was risky work and it was pretty hard. It's you know it's obviously a very long way to go if you're like horse and horse yeah. and buggy. Yeah, no train at this time, right? No train. No, Literally, no train. Just overland. So it's yeah, it's yeah. a wagon train. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard work, but it's worth it. It makes Abraham very wealthy. Mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, Z Stab and Brother, which is the name of their business, mm-hmm. becomes the largest wholesale company in the Southwest. At Holy this point. cow! Yeah, and there's a lot of I. There's a lot of wholesale companies in the Southwest because there's mm-hmm. like, this is about the time where the gold rush happened in California, oh. where people are just selling like pickaxes and they're selling all this mining stuff. Like, there's a mm-hmm. lot of companies doing this sort of thing, mm-hmm. and they were bigger than all that. Wow. Okay. So that's a big deal. So Abraham's got a good business. He's got good money, mm-hmm. but there's one thing he doesn't have yet. Mm-hmm. What's that? A woman. Good. A good wife. Yeah. Okay. okay. Fair enough. 
Uh, and all the American women are whores. So he, <laughs> <laughs> so he tells his brother, I'll be right back. And he sets sail to Germany. He goes all the, oh, you gotta be kidding me. He goes all the way, all the way home back to Germany. Mm-hmm. Got to get mom's blessing. I would imagine. Yeah. And I think too, what was happening is, uh, again, there are very few Jewish women out West. Mm, okay. As an Ashkenazi Jew, I yeah. was uh, there. You know, that's a pretty, it's a very notorious. Very devout, yeah. That's yeah. of course. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're very careful about the way that we word this. Yeah. Um, very devout, so mm-hmm. uh, I assume he also would like to marry someone of similar devotion. Sure, not finding that in America, in Santa Fe. Except, yeah, I can't imagine in Santa that's... Fe. Definitely, not. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he probably could if he'd stayed in New York. He probably he might have been able to find someone there. Yeah, it's probably like uh, his cousins, his brother, uh, the singing boy from Newsies, and that's probably about <laughs> it, right? That's that's yeah. it. <laughs> And he's like, I should arise and seize the day. I'm going to go back to Germany. <laughs> I'm going to leave Bale for Santa Fe. <laughs> um, so he does. So he goes back. And uh, so he's like, Germany, he pushes the easy button, basically, and mm-hmm. goes back to where he's from, which mm-hmm. are all, it's all, it's full of, it's full of appropriate mates. <laughs> I guess it's uh, you David Attenborough or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He returns to the tree. <laughs> now his family back in Germany was like totally come back we have a mm-hmm. very good wife for you mm-hmm. her name is Julia Schuster mm-hmm. Julia was only five years younger than Abraham seems like a which fit. I feel like is pretty good like back it, then yeah absolutely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so it's a good match already mm-hmm. she was also born and raised in uh, Westphalia mm-hmm. is that right yeah Westphalia Westphalia so their families already knew each other, and Julia's family was also pretty wealthy. Mm, okay. Which is nice. So he like brought back all these pickaxes and stuff, and he's not impressing anybody. You know. <laughs> right. No, they were like, we don't. We're, what are we going to do with this? It's <laughs> Germany. We don't. There's no gold here. There's only... Tr- what's Germany famous? It's only forest. Yeah. There's only... Forest, beer, chocolates. There's only beer here. Yeah. Yeah. Primarily. Can't mine beer with pickaxes. Mm-mm. Not the way Pickney Ben sometimes finds <laughs> gin from the earth, uh, as we've discussed in the past. Um, so the Stobbs, uh, sorry, the, the Stobbs proposed the idea of marrying Julius Schuster, and the Schusters are like, absolutely, he's wealthy, he's in America, mm-hmm. yes, please, this is great. Mm-hmm. So they marry off their daughter Julia Schuster. Now Julia was born in Lugde, mm-hmm. L-U-G-D-E, and the U has an umlaut. And the E has an umlaut. Lugde. No, the U has an umlaut. Lugde. 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 Okay. That's where she was born. Okay. Um, she was rather small. She was under five feet tall uh, and described as a delicate but pretty woman. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Abraham and Julia, they were like, yep, yeah, this checks out. Let's do it. They didn't have much choice, I think. <laughs> or Julia didn't have much, at least. <laughs> and so they were married on December 25th, 1865. Hmm. Christmas Day. Happy birthday, baby Jesus. Mm-hmm. We're going to bone. <laughs> I assume is what they did that night. <laughs> um, this is kind of, this is nice actually, because Abraham gets to come home. Like he gets the Christmas trip out of the way and also a wife. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Mom's happy on both accounts. You, you can probably skip next year's Christmas at that point. Oh, I would assume Honestly, so. Yeah. Yeah. I would Absolutely. So. Yeah. Uh, as soon as the wedding is over, like as soon as the wedding was over, everyone was like, "All right, let's go," and they mm-hmm. sailed back to America. 
so Julia's now, she's on her way to a new world. Mm-hmm. To the other side of the earth. Like Yes. Pretty, pretty much literally. Yeah. Yep. So they get back to New York and uh, they make the trip. So it's it's a trip. There's there's a train for a little while, but mostly it's wagon train. It's mm-hmm. like a train to uh, to St. Louis, and then you're on a wagon for yeah. You know, and you you're going over the Rocky Mountains. Like it's not an easy, fun, mm-hmm. good trip. Sure. Are you trying to preface that she doesn't make it through this trip? Julia or? doesn't <laughs> like it. <laughs> I see. Okay. Okay. She does survive. This is her first experience in America. Is mm-hmm. traveling. Basically by foot from New York to Santa Fe. <laughs> um, like literally in Germany, I grew up like on this block, and I got married on that block, and then we do grocery shopping on this block, and that's like my whole life. And now you want me to travel for like fourteen weeks in one direction? Yes. And again, her family was very wealthy, so they had servants. So she she's not used to doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. they didn't bring the servants to like carry the carry the bed throughout the American Midwest. So. No, that's a shame. <laughs> that's yeah, it is a shame. Uh, so they returned to Santa Fe and they moved into a small house in Burrow Alley. Hmm. Would you like to see what Burrow Alley looks they like? They moved to an alley? They went all this way and they moved into an alley. Seems surprising. They went all this way. They moved into an alley. Well, it's a house in an alley. But that's, it's an... It's like they're just like living in the middle of the alley. You right. know what I'm saying? I guess, but it's a house in an alley. How small would that, how small must that be? I don't know which one their house is, but let me show you a picture here. Oh, this is, so the first picture I'll show you here is Julia. Mm-hmm. That's her. She does look small. She does look small. Look at those yeah. shoulders. Very thin yeah. shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, can't speak on behalf of uh, her hairdresser, but it's a cool look. It's going to be hard to do without like a curling iron, though. Admit I it. think maybe That's... she didn't have, I don't know what's happening here. Maybe there's no mirrors in Santa Fe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know from style. And this is her and uh, this is her and Abraham together. Oh, okay. Yeah. Abraham must be very small then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's I'm sorry, he's sitting. <laughs> uh, uh, and then this so this is the alley where they lived. Yeah, this looks pretty shitty, I'll be honest. Like that's, <laughs> it's not it's you know, not good. You described it pretty pretty appropriately with uh, <laughs> Yeah. It's a burrow alley, it's an alley. Here are all the fucking burrows. Yeah. All these donkeys ah, lined up in the alley. I was not in the correct pronunciation of burrow, and now it makes more oh, sense. Nope. Yeah. I mean both either one would really be yeah. okay, I think. Yeah. But um you can see the the houses here are really they're Adobe and um you know mm-hmm. what else is there to say about this alley <laughs> where they not lived? Much, yeah. I'm I'm kind of imagining that she's thinking to herself, none of this was made clear to me in Germany. I, I would uh, think that's true. I think I'm ready to go back to Westphalia. Yeah. By the way, if you uh, want to know what all this looks like, we do. We're, we've started posting these things on YouTube, and you can see the images there. Just go find it. Mm-hmm. It's definitely worth it, and you'll like it. Um, where are we? Okay, so Julia doesn't like America. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't seen a whole lot of like the good parts at this point. It's been a lot of like the inside of a Conestoga. And yeah. a bunch of like donkeys asses. So yeah, <laughs> I don't think, yeah, she's not getting a fair shake, but um, she doesn't like what she has seen so far. She found America to be a rustic, rude place, totally devoid of culture. There's no time for culture out there. I mean, you're like literally scrapping to survive every single day. I don't think that was explained to her mm, <laughs> when yeah. she was you know, getting married. Did not translate. They didn't. She didn't watch like Tombstone before coming out, which is what I would do as my research. I would be I moved so much more excited if I saw Tombstone. And they're like, oh, "You could man. live here." Like all all this business here is done, though, right? Like all the 
Oh yeah. Oh it's cool now. Yeah. Totally. And so she doesn't like it there. And also the bigger problem here is she only speaks German and Yiddish. Mm-hmm. And again, there are almost no other German Jews in Santa Fe. So no one there speaks German or Yiddish mm-hmm. and she doesn't speak English or Spanish. So mm-hmm. she cannot talk to anyone. She's very lonely. Mm, yeah, I could see that. And she was often quote, sad and sick. Mm. Um, and then I, we'll talk more about uh, the author later, but there, most of this comes from a, a book about her life where um, they, Eventually, the family, you know, generations from now will kind Mm. of look back and be like, oh, depression is kind of a big thing that runs through our family. Sure. That seems to certainly probably have been the case for uh, for Julia. Okay. Uh, So, Julia and Abraham set about uh, starting a family as soon as they get settled. Sure. Of course. Yeah. That's what you do. Got to do something. It's boring shit out there. Yep. So, they start having children, and uh, and they're very good at it. Mm -hmm. They have one child. They have a second child. Mm-hmm. They have a third child. Mm-hmm. They have a fourth child. Okay, and this keeps going on. This keeps going on. All these kids are in great shape. None right. of them are dying, which is well, very rare. They have a lot of money. It's the desert. Like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Yes, it you is know. certainly helpful that they are wealthy. Although they live mm-hmm. in Burrow Alley, which I don't, I don't quite <laughs> get why they live there because they do have a lot of money. Uh huh. Um, it's but also, yeah, it's like Santa Fe in like the eighteen sixties. So. Yeah. It's just a lot of sand in every direction. Like that yeah, there's not the like nice any other big house to move yeah. into. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as they start filling the house with all these children, they're like, well, we need a bigger house. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, yeah, I guess. So Abraham, as we've been discussing, quite wealthy, and he sees this as an opportunity to kind of kill two birds with one stone. Like on the one hand, they need a bigger house because there are so many children now. Mm-hmm. Um and also, he he recognizes that Julia is very sad, mm-hmm. and he thinks, well, if I can build her a house that is a big, grand house, the kind of thing that she's accustomed to, uh-huh. having grown up in wealth, like that might help relieve some of the sadness. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, which is a good. It, the, the rationalization is like, why are you so sad? We're rich. Yeah, yeah? <laughs> which <laughs> which I think makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So so he does. So he builds them a, a beautiful new gigantic home, and it's a it's the first one of its kind in mm-hmm. in Santa Fe. And he chooses a site a few blocks off the main plaza on Palace Avenue, and uh, he builds a, a house. And the house he builds is a French Second Empire style house. Mm, okay, yeah. With the French Second Empire being well, you're a student of architecture. Do you want to I, I tell us indeed. what a French Second Empire uh, style house is? The uh, Second Empire was um, that was Napoleon, so that would be um, uh, everyone had to wear funny hats in the, in those houses. So that's that's what the French Second Empire houses look like. Did the house itself have to wear funny hats? Or it actually was shaped like the funny hat with like the tall part and then the two little parts. But it was very short. A very short mm-hmm. house. Yeah, half story house. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then when, whenever you walked up to the front door, you had to actually stick your hand through the front door and then actually close the door on it. So that was that was actually <laughs> the Napoleon style. Um, that's actually exactly right. Oh, I'm see, <laughs> dead nuts. I'm pretty impressed with myself. <laughs> no, the uh, French Second Empire style. So you got you have one very small part of it, right? Yeah. Uh, here's a quote from someone who knows about these things. As with other Victorian trends. Second Empire ornamentation is inspired and unstinting. Decorative details include iron cresting on the roof, heavily bracketed cornices, 
Quoins? Q-U-O-I-N-S, which is a word I've never seen before. Mm, Q-U-O-I-N-S, yeah. Quoins? Yeah, decorated with coins. Sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, coins. Hey, get some coins up there. <laughs> and balustrades. The general effect is monumental and ornate, appropriate to the style's Napoleonic roots. Oh, interesting. So pretty mm. much exactly what I said. So basically, you, you did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a brick structure, which was uncommon for Santa Fe. Again, the, every other building is adobe at this point, so, you know, mm-hmm. mud and straw. Mm-hmm. But they use bricks. It's uh, a th- two, what three stories tall, which is two stories taller than any other building in say, town. Yeah. If, if you're if you're the guy trying to build a, a mud house that's two stories <laughs> tall, you probably, you probably <laughs> why didn't does this build keep slipping yeah. down? <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> Uh, so it's three stories. So it has a green mansard roof and a widow's walk, uh, oh. which is ridged with elaborate ornamental ironwork. Mm-hmm. Inside it had very high ceilings, mahogany woodwork, brass chandeliers, plaster oh, wow. moldings, um, floor length mirrors that were gilt. Um, they had the furnishings imported from New York and from Germany. Mm-hmm. It's a really great house. Sure sounds like it. And I would like to show you a picture of it. This is it. This is a well, this is a drawing. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is it. so this is a mansard style roof, which is um we have a roof that goes down like this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, you know, you get it. Yeah. Yeah. This is the house. It's very pretty. It's very nice. Mm-hmm. And quite large, especially again for, for Santa Fe in that time. Biggest house anyone's ever seen. Yeah. So it's really good. So the family moves in and it it, it Julia loved the house, so it did help her overall sadness. A little Thank goodness, bit. Yeah. it did help. I was afraid that yeah. she might uh, the widow's walk might be a widower's walk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it did help her sadness a little bit. Mm-hmm. It kind of put her in better spirits. She liked throwing splendid parties uh, to show off the mansion, and these were very high society affairs, which made her feel very much like being back home. Um, folks who are very important in, in, in the U.S. at the time would come to the parties. They would stay at the house. President Rutherford B. Hayes often stayed there when he was in town. So they're, they're catering to a very, uh, very, very well-to-do uh, sort of uh, sort of folks. What do you keep looking at over there? What's, what's going on over there? So the toilet just above me flushed, right? Mm-hmm. And I muted. And I was like, oh, I'm going to mute this. And then I unmuted it as soon as it was done. And the second floor toilet flushed immediately afterwards. Oh, so the girls listen to the podcast. This is great. <laughs> Mom, you done flushing? You done? Okay, <laughs> now it's my turn done. to flush. Yeah. <laughs> Which one? The one drops or the two drops? Definitely the two drops. Do the two drops this time. Start with two. Go to mm-hmm. one. Do them both. Cycle back and forth until it clears. <laughs> um, so it's a very, it's a very good house. Much like your house, yeah. I'm sure, yeah. That's pretty much yeah, like exactly what my house looks like. The little is probably exactly with the, like, same. Ho- the horses running in the front street. Yeah, that, that's, that's yeah. my house pretty much. I think so. <laughs> uh, so they're doing okay. And the Stobbs, they keep they keep making them babies, um, mm-hmm. and soon there are seven children running Oof. around the house. Which I don't know it makes a little more sense why she's so sad all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so many. That's too many. That's too many kids. I'll just say it. It's too many kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they all survive, which is a total anomaly. She's probably like, statistically, how is this happening? You know, <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Now, so they they live in the house for a while, and during this time, it seems like somewhere in here, um, a few years after they move in, things start to go a little off track between Julia and Abraham. Mm-hmm. Um, this part of the 
story is a little murky. There's kind of different accounts of it. But what I what I've what I've gathered here is mm-hmm. that what I think this, happened. What I listen. Yeah. <laughs> as a uh, as a as a white male looking back at this from 2023, let me tell you what Julia did. <laughs> Uh, she started spending more and more time outside of the house, which meant like going for walks, basically. Makes sense. Yeah. People like to yeah. spend time outside of the house from time to time. That's right. And dur- she struck she uh, struck up a close friendship with the archbishop who who um, who managed the uh, cathedral up the street. His name was uh, hmm. Jean-Baptiste Lamy. Okay. So uh, in her house, was uh, it was just down the street from the Cathedral of St. Francis of Assisi, where he was in charge of things. Mm-hmm. The archbishop, um, he was also kind of a business associate of Abraham's, and Abraham helped fund the cathedral. So they were all very close. Okay. So she's just going for walks, and he's puttering around. So they, they start walking together a lot um, and just talking, and it's nice for her to have someone to talk to. That also so, lives in a huge house. Yes. Like, oh, did your house get cold sometimes? Oh, my gosh, so does mine. <laughs> Do you put things in the cellar and they stay chilled? Me too. Wow. <laughs> this is great. So uh, so Julie and the Archbishop begin taking long walks together. And he does things like he helps her plant peach trees on her property. Hmm. Um, and they just become very close. Sounds very innocent. I like it. Yeah. Now, he may have also planted his tree and her property. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. But he's a man yeah. of God. I'm so confused. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they don't do that. <laughs> um, so those, this info comes from, so Julia's great, great granddaughter, her name is Hannah Nordhaus, who's alive today. She, she wrote a book called American Ghost. And it's all about Julia and kind of her life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, it's a, it's a really, actually, I started reading, it's a very good book. Um, but she, she noted there are some rumors that one of the Staub children was actually the archbishop's child mm, okay and so in the book hannah talks about how she would like this to not be true mm. <laughs> and so to find out she did a dna test on herself mm. um just to see what she would find and yeah. it came back the results came back and she had quote fewer jewish markers than she presumed and more french markers than she expected mm. now this is not by any means mm. conclusive but right. archbishop jean baptiste lamy mm. was indeed quite french <laughs> <laughs> so it may be that they did have an affair mm-hmm. maybe not but you know mm-hmm. sounds like were, we're gonna have to dig him up there there is a whole part of the book where she discusses like almost asking the estate of the archbishop to, yeah. to use his to, dna mm-hmm. um, but decided ultimately against it which is obviously a huge mistake <laughs> um anyway so julia starts hobnobbing with the bishop's knob and mm-hmm. This is probably after she learned that Abraham was also sleeping with uh, other women. Uh, so it's it's all around bad. The marriage isn't going very well. Mm-hmm. Her depression is kind of resurging in a really, really big way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Julia becomes pregnant with baby number eight. What's your face? What's that face? I'm curious what happens to baby number eight. I mean, there have oh. been, there, there been so many babies so far, and now there's another baby. Yeah. A notable baby? A notable know. in some ways. Okay. In one way. Is it In the, only one way. Is it the child of the devil? What is this? It's not that notable. Okay. All right. So so stepping back. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, 
Differently notable. Uh, this is the odds have finally caught up with them, and mm. baby number eight dies uh, in Aww, infancy. That's a shame. Yeah, and it's notable because this this totally destroys Julia. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, absolutely. So the baby dies, um, and after after that happens, she locks herself in her room for more than two weeks. Does not come out of the room. Mm-hmm. She eats almost nothing. She barely sleeps at all she's just you know she's Mm -hmm. she's having a very hard time obviously when she finally emerges from the room almost three weeks later her hair had gone completely white (sighs) now most accounts of julia describe a complete mental breakdown uh, at this point from which she's never she never recovered Mm -hmm. she's she's pretty she's pretty far gone which i think is really just depression is really Mm -hmm. It's really kind of sucked her down. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she's down there. And Abraham is not equipped to deal with this and not interested, I think, in dealing with this. <laughs> Are you saying 19th century Stoic German man <laughs> isn't a fit therapist for a woman suffering tragedy? It is Do weird, tell. But... <laughs> Interesting. This theory astounds me. <laughs> and he also, like, on top of everything, I, I, you know, I don't want to cast aspersions on Abraham unnecessarily, but mm-hmm. it's worth noting he also... He was going to be pretty shady. Um, he was always involved in lawsuits about fraud where he was the one committing fraud. <laughs> um, had a lot of questionable real estate deals. Mm-hmm. He was involved with the Santa F- with these power brokers, quote unquote, uh, called the Santa Fe Ring, which is these are gangsters. Hmm. And they fight Spider-Man. Right. And I- they <laughs> they do. <laughs> um. And so it's, it's Santa Spider mm-hmm. up there, mm-hmm. his name. But, but um, for most of the uh, most of the records, the story suggests that so Abraham has a pretty bad temper, um, and then he was kind of embarrassed by Julie's breakdown. He's a big name in the town. He's mm-hmm. got you know he's very wealthy. He's like a town founder, mm-hmm. and he he's he feels embarrassed by the fact that Julie's having a breakdown. So instead of helping her, he's like trying to hide her away. Mm-hmm. There's no people to see her. What? Super healthy. That's really what you want to be doing. Yeah, at that I point. think you know it's going to be good for her in the end. Mm-hmm. We'll see. You but need to I, suffer I, in this room for a few more weeks. You need to yeah. wait till this gets out of your system. We've had stories like this before, and it usually goes pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he obviously, doesn't listen to the podcast because he would know. <laughs> There's actually no ghosts in this story, so this is going to be great. <laughs> Everyone turns out very well adjusted, and they all learned a lot about life mm-hmm. and love and uh, how to be better to each other. Uh, he doesn't want people to see her. She looks awful. <laughs> and so he banishes her to her room, which is where she wants to be anyway, because again, she's yeah. pretty deep in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so she goes to her room and she basically does not leave. She is very rarely seen by anyone outside of the house after this. Hmm. There are some accounts that Abraham chained her to a radiator in her room so she couldn't leave, which may or may not be true. It's, you know, she doesn't want to leave. There's no point. Like, well, right. So either way, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter. You probably didn't have to. Yeah. Um, she doesn't not leaving the room. She spends her entire waking hours crying. She's very miserable. Uh, it's a. It's it's very sad. And uh, and meanwhile, Abraham is like out pretending like nothing is wrong, and mm-hmm. he's going to work, and he's carousing with other women, and he's just acting mm-hmm. basically as if she doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, there are stories that say that after this went on for a while, that Abraham had enough and wanted to quote uh resume his powerful position and social standing in the community so that he poisoned her okay but it seems like what actually probably happened is 
Uh, Julia probably actually committed suicide by overdosing on laudanum. Hmm. Okay. Um, and so she died on May 14th, 1896 at the age of 52. Ah. Uh, so now Abraham, he follows and he dies in 1913, mm-hmm. not too long later, about 20 years later. Uh, the third floor of the mansion burned in a fire in the twenties. Hmm. Okay. So it, in the uh, 1920s, so it, the third floor is gone. It becomes a two story house. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than fix this, I have a better, cheaper idea. <laughs> yes. Uh, we have a new That's roof. what they do. Yeah. Yes. And so in 1930s, RH and Eulalia... Nason, mm-hmm. they buy the house. They do some renovation work. Uh, they do not build the third story back. They demolish <laughs> the smoking rubble of it. Uh, and they build a few Pueblo revival style adobe casitas on the property. Mm-hmm. And they turn the whole place into a hotel. Hmm. Okay. And it keeps growing throughout the year. So now, mm. now today, it's a huge luxury hotel. Really? The bricks have been covered by mud stucco to give it the adobe feel. So it looks like it kind of matches, although um, mm. it's... Uh, but I, I will show you some photos here. A two-story mud hut? Uh, Well... It's probably nicer than that. You tell me. Oh, but this is the Archbishop. Okay. about him. Sex machine right there. So you, <laughs> That's right. You, you get it. Jeez. <laughs> um, uh, but this is a hotel. Now it's called La Posada. Uh-huh. And if you go into the campus, you'll get this is the entrance. So mm-hmm. you drive in. What, what, is, what, is, that, what is the statue at La Posada, by the way? Uh, which statue? The one right in the dead center. That one. This yeah. is yeah. this is you, <laughs> and this is Gloria. And I don't know. I know what you're going to ask is mm-hmm. how did they know back then <laughs> that I would exist and have a daughter? I don't know. That is how is I explain story. to you that you are the ghost in this ghost story. Um, this is the final episode of our podcast. I, <laughs> all lawsuits have now been dropped. Um, <laughs> I wonder. I, I do wonder who the who the statue is of here. Like, is that the Archbishop and his illegitimate child? I don't know. Do you want to Google it? I do not. <laughs> Never okay, mind. Neither. Do I'm I. sorry. So, I did not. Great question. Yeah. Great question. You know what? We'll, this is one for unsolved mysteries. Mm, this is one for the chat. Please fill in. <laughs> Um, so, that's, so, but then there's this garden with this fountain, mm-hmm. which is very, very nice. nice. Yeah. There's this pool. Mm-hmm. Not original. Yeah. I'm being <laughs> convinced. Space, yeah. But, a very nice, like, like Quinta Inn. I like this. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, here's one of the common rooms. Oh, wow. So a fireplace. Beautiful. Yeah. It's all done up. Mm-hmm. This is one of the bedrooms. Mm-hmm. Look at these logs. It's very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like this a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what it is today. And so they turn it into a, uh, a hotel that obviously continues to exist. But it's you know, that was in like 1930. They're building it on. Now, only one of the buildings on the hotel campus is the original house. Like they've been building mm-hmm. on other places, obviously, since. But right. the original house still stands mm-hmm. as kind of the main, the main hotel space. Um, uh, like I said, it's called La Posada, which is Spanish for, do you know? You should know. Uh, was that the uh, La Posada is the um, the Christmas thing, isn't it? I don't know. I think your I think wife La- is the one who speaks so much Spanish. Isn't La Posada the uh, like the the? Can't Google it. That's cheating. I hear you googling it. That's <sighs> cheating. The inn, of course. Yes. The well, inn. is that right? I don't think so. <laughs> 
Spanish for resting place. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, it's better than the inn because the inn is a resting place, but resting place is also like a double meaning of like where people die. Oh, I'm sorry. You wanted to, okay. Yeah. You wanted to put it in the old thesaurus finder there. That's fine. No, I didn't. This is what they (laughs) say all over the internet. You, I just, but that's, listen. So one night Mm. in 1979, (laughs) a hotel employee is cleaning one of the rooms when he looks up and sees a translucent woman with white hair and a black Victorian dress standing near the fireplace. Hmm. And this employee said that the ghost had, quote, an aura of sadness. I. So, okay, put yourself in, 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 this, in this employee's shoes. You mm-hmm. look up. You see an mm-hmm. honest-to-God fucking ghost. Very scary. Very, very scary. How much um, emotional investigation are you going to do of this ghost? <laughs> Let's be well, perfect, guys. After that's you a get good done question. peeing your own pants and clawing the walls to get away from this thing that has just altered your version of reality, are you going to uh-huh. be like, and she looks kind of sad, too. I'm really... <laughs> <laughs> sure, these are fair yeah. questions. I would say two things. Number one, the way I'm presenting it, I don't think is how it... Like the 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 pace with which it played out. Well, yeah, okay. Um, but also, <laughs> it could speak to just how sad the ghost is that you're like, mm-hmm. ah, God, ah, you're so sad, ah, <laughs> and you run away. <laughs> I think I think that's possible. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. I think if you if you look up and you see a ghost, mm-hmm. you that is a very terrifying moment, right? Yeah. And I think you have fight or flight, mm-hmm. obviously. And like, some people yeah. will run away, and some people will will shoot at the ghost. Obviously, shoot at the ghost. Yeah. Um, and some people will just probably freeze in their tracks. What mm-hmm. is that? That's got to be it. That's fight or flight or freeze. Mm. Is I think how it goes. I would say so. It also seems kind of like a like a low blow at the ghost. Like I, I imagine this is in you know the the the, the post sighting interview. Like oh, so you know what? What did it look like? He's like oh, it was a horrible you know horrible dead floating ghoul. Yada yada yada. And and on top of all this, she looked a little sad. She just <laughs> yeah. like, smile a little bit more. That's what I is what I think. And so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a good example of this is when an early time of a man telling a female ghost, maybe you should smile more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's good advice. <laughs> and she ran a candlestick through his eye. And that was the end of it. <laughs> um so that happened. And then not long after that, a few days after that, a security guard saw the same woman wandering one of the hallways. Mm-hmm. And this man was properly scared, and he took off running and screaming. Yeah, <laughs> he did not. Yeah, do any sort of emotional analysis of said yeah, ghost or not at all. Okay, did not review the aura. I think if I saw a ghost who mm-hmm. was just standing there and kind of looking sad, mm-hmm. I would be very <clears throat> scared. Yeah, I don't think I would run away because, and I, not because I don't want to run away, but because my, I think my my thought in that moment is. If I run away, this ghost is going to run after me. Mm, but okay. it's like a dinosaur in I was gonna, Jurassic It's Park. a very Jurassic Park reaction here. Yes. Like, this ghost's vision yeah. is based on movement. Ghost vision yeah. is based on movement. If I don't move, this ghost won't eat me. And so I think I would just freeze and stay there. And then while I'm staying there looking at her, I would think, gosh, she's so sad looking. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That would be me, I think. No, not me. I would be more afraid of running than not running. You would run? I would absolutely run. I would claw at the fucking window to jump out of it as fast as I could. Yes. Final answer. But the ghost will eat you then. 
That's fine. I mean, the ghost. If 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 it's one of them eating ghosts, it, it's gonna yeah. eat me while I'm there anyway. You're gonna be the so. lawyer sitting on the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> when that ghost dinosaur comes in. <laughs> That's uh, cool. That reaction I do not get. I do not understand the must go to the bathroom in the jungle reaction. Like it, his you, pants are down in that scene, yeah, right? Well, yeah, like, he's yeah, he's, he's he's ready going to the bathroom. He's ready to rock. Yeah, he yeah. is. Yeah. That is very confusing. Yeah. I understand, like, I guess, going into the bathroom if you think, like, this is a shelter. Sure. I don't, you might not really understand dinosaurs and that yeah. whole thing if you think that's going to save you. <laughs> I don't believe that, I don't believe at the beginning of the, of the tour they give you a whole lot of pointers for what to do during a dinosaur escape. Right. <laughs> like, this dinosaur's vision is based on movement. This dinosaur will eat your ass in the bathroom. So you better stay out of it. <laughs> yeah. So it makes sense going in there, I think. But yeah, mm-hmm. sitting, sitting there with his pants down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if we talked to Michael Crichton about that. I know it's too late, but maybe we could summon him. That's, I think um, it's a Spielberg interpretation. I think Spielberg read the original work and was like, no, no, this guy, this needs, to, this guy needs to have his hog out in this, in this scene. I promise you. It's, <laughs> it's going to make it know, so Steve, much funnier. I don't know. I, are you sure? I just, I don't know. Mm. I don't think I would do that. Oh, are yeah. Sure? We're going to do this one full frontal. No, Steven. No, no. No, no. <laughs> we can figure out a different way to do this. We want to maintain the PG-13, Steven. <laughs> so that's that's what this is like. What is like? Oh, I don't oh, remember. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so this is when the hauntings really get going. Mm-hmm. Ghostly things start happening very frequently all of a sudden. Gas fireplaces in the hotel start turning themselves on and off again and again and again, just mm-hmm. constantly. There are brass chandeliers, and they just start spinning sometimes all on their own. Flower vases would disappear and then they would reappear in other rooms on the other side of the hotel. Hmm. Uh, and um, horticulture was one of uh, Julia's hobbies, so she would do a lot of flowers and things. Mm-hmm. One evening in the bar in the hotel, all the glasses on one shelf flew off and smashed to the floor. Okay. A waitress in that same bar a different day who was not known, quote, not known for her clumsiness. <laughs> Uh, she kept dropping trays and people were like, what is going on with you? And she explained that something was pushing the trays from underneath. Ooh. In the seventies and eighties, the hotel still had a switchboard. And so the operators, you know, would field phone calls there. And, um, every once in a while they would pick up the phone to hear a soft female Joyce with a, ver- with a German accent say, hello, mm. hello, over and over and over. And they would try to talk to her. She would not respond. She would mm. just keep saying, hello, hello, mm. hello, hello, hello. Well, we're getting back into the ASMR hello? podcast. I really appreciate this. Hello. Uh, let's see. What else? <laughs> now you have to leave the whole intro in now because that joke makes no piece of I'm going to work it in. I, now I have to, not only have to leave it in, but I have to like cut it out of when we started talking before the podcast and then find I, a way to slip it in. I don't envy the editors for this episode because this is, this is Thank kind, you. Of a, kind of a mess. Uh, uh, guests can sometimes hear people dancing on the third floor ballroom Mm -hmm. which is surprising to them because again there is no third floor (laughs) it burned up doesn't exist but you can hear people dancing on the roof above you but the most activity happens in a room on the second floor suite 100 Mm. it's a large room with an antique canopy bed 
And in this room, guests have reported their blankets being ripped off in the middle of the night. Mm. Disembodied breathing. Uh, what? <laughs> so, I'm paying extra for all of this, by the way. I would, yeah. <laughs> absolutely right. a package I am willing to spend points on. <laughs> there are doors slamming and drawers slamming there was one couple who uh stayed in this room because they heard about the ghost and mm-hmm. so they were like testing the ghost and they laid some like they're not traps but like things that the ghost might try to interact with and so mm-hmm. they left one of their dresser drawers open mm-hmm. and in the middle of the night they woke up because they heard some sounds in their room and they looked over and they saw supposedly they saw um the dresser drawer slowly close itself <sighs> You will sometimes hear the toilet flushing. You know, you get it. I mean, like that's... <laughs> it's your whole thing. Yeah. People see faces in the mirrors that are not... I, they see their face in the mirrors, uh, okay, but yeah, yeah, also... Yeah, yeah. yeah, also other faces Bonus in the mirrors. Faces. Yeah, not good. There are, of course, dancing orbs sometimes seen in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the bathtub will fill all on its own. Hmm. Some unseen force will put the stopper down and then turn the water on and the bathtub will fill. Hmm. Uh, And of course, Julie herself is often seen in that room. And this room, it turns out, was Julia's bedroom. So this is where uh, she and and Abraham spent her most terrible days. Yes. And then where she was locked in. Absolutely. So the canopy bed is still her bed. So that's original to, to to the building. Uh, I which mean, explains a lot. You want to get rid of that. I yeah, think. I mean, if, if, if I'm renting an apartment and I like show up on the first day and there's already a bed in there, <laughs> I'm getting the landlord involved. I don't. I don't need. You know, I don't need. Yeah. I don't need that at yeah. all. Yeah. If you see a four poster canopy bed mm-hmm. in any room you go into to sleep, you don't don't sleep in that room. No. No. no definitely not. That's not a safe space. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, so that, so that happens a lot. And, uh, and of note, so I said, so all the, the hotel is now kind of sprawling campus. Mm-hmm. All of the hauntings ever reported are all confined to the original house structure. Hmm. No one in any of the other buildings that have been more recently built hmm. have ever reported ghostly Just activity. Literally feet away. Totally different. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Contained totally to the room. Uh, everyone who sees Julia agrees that she doesn't seem threatening or scary. They are scared by her at first. Right. As yeah. I think anyone would be. Yeah. Um, but they generally agree. She just seems real sad. She's <laughs> a, a real bummer. Yeah. I don't know. It's a shame to be remembered for that. You yeah. Know? If I'm going to be a ghost, I want to be a, I, yeah. if I'm going to be a ghost, I want to be a real fucking vengeful. Angry yeah. Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a sort of ghost where they like, call the police every few years on him just in case <laughs> yes like absolutely. i don't know i don't really know what to do at this point he keeps throwing vases at us <laughs> <No. laughs> yeah uh, but she's just a sad one and um i don't know if you if you'd like to be sad in santa fe too you you can stay at la posada uh room start at about 500 dollars a night oh that is too much that which feels much. like too much to be haunted by That's a sad high. ghost yeah but uh listeners listen if you can afford that please let us know mm-hmm. Because I'm pretty sure there are there are there've got to be advertisers out there who would love to reach an audience that can spend that yeah. kind of money, <laughs> and we could use those. <laughs> so let us know. <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, that's the story of La Posada and uh, and Julia Stab, a very uh, you know pretty pretty sad ghost, mm-hmm. 
And uh, again, most of this comes from the book American Ghost by Hannah Nordhaus. I didn't read all of it, but mm-hmm. I did read some of it. Mm-hmm. And it seems worth a read, and you should check it out too. And the other sources, obviously, are always uh, listed here. Sure, yeah. What were you going to say? No, I'm just uh, uh, really excited to find that. I, I got to imagine this is you know, the most haunted place in Santa Fe. I believe it is. On yep. average. And one yep. of the most haunted hotels in the world, according wow. to at least three internet sites. Wow. Okay. So, right. yeah. We're not messing around here. This is a TripAdvisor top five most haunted hotels on oh, Earth. Oh, easily. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and if you liked it you could rate review that would be great Uh, don't forget we do listening parties if you want to get some friends together and listen to a never before heard by anyone else uh, Mm -hmm. episode of our of our podcast about about the the Catskills crone please let us know I sent you Pat the the Catskills crone is going to be I think it's going to be at a bar near my house I was going to say you got it you got to touch it you got to I have to go right you have to go you have to touch it no matter what they say about the touching. I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't quite tell if it was the artifacts are going to be there or if they're just going to talk about them, but they must be there, right? They must. Uh, I mean, you have to go regardless, just in case. That's true. It's going to be like six blocks from my house. <laughs> so I will let you know what happens when I uh, inadvertently bring home the spirit of the Catskills crone. And if, uh, you know, if anyone wants to hear the story of the Catskills crone, we have the episode. It's done. It's recorded. It's ready to go. Mm-hmm. All you need to do is get some friends together to listen to it and let us know. Email us at isthisagos at gmail.com and let us know and we'll make it happen for you. It's weird. It's weird. That's mm-hmm. all I remember. It's weird. <laughs> I, I really don't remember the episode either, so I'm excited to listen to it. We're going to listening party, right? Oh, I think okay. we're... We, yeah. yeah, it's man- I should have mentioned. That's right. It's yeah. mandatory that we are invited. <laughs> so we, will we do not remember the episode, so we really need no. to be there and kind of vet it for you. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be great for everybody. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll see you in your house soon on uh, Is This a Ghost? Mm